Hello, you're listening to Arts Talk Radio, and I'm Michael Hasted. We bring you regular news, reviews and interviews relating to all aspects of the arts in Holland, concentrating on events in Amsterdam, The Hague, Rotterdam and the surrounding areas. Arts Talk Radio Online. Features on the arts in English. Zoe Baus has been busy again this week and presents both our features. She was at the Poultry Studios, one of the Hague's oldest art establishments, talking about an outdoor sculpture exhibition right in the centre of the city. But first, returning to the theme of female artists, she meets an art historian to talk about one of the most colourful and exciting women painters of the 20th century. Today on Arts Talk Radio, I'm thrilled to present art historian and author of uh, two arts books, Karen Hansapel. Karen, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you. Now, Karen, we have been having a truly fascinating uh, conversation about female artists, the fact that so many uh, very, very talented women have somehow been left out of the story of art history. And I know mm -hmm. one of your books was indeed called Her Story of Art. You are somebody who's dedicated your professional life to looking at the stories of these uh, very many talented female artists. And I'd love to be able to discuss that all today, but I think we're going to focus today on an exhibition that's coming up very soon, a very well-known, in fact, Mexican artist, Frida Kahlo. Could you just tell us what is quite special about this exhibition? Well, it will be the first time there will be an exhibition on Frida Kahlo here in the Netherlands. So that's special very. in the first place. And... The exhibition is not only uh, concentrated on Frida, also there will be work uh, from her husband, Diego Rivera, and other Mexican artists, because it's the collection of Jacques and Natalia Gelman, who is coming for the first time to Holland. So I really hope the Dutch people are able to go to the Cobra Museum in Amstelveen to see those magnificent paintings in real life. It will, mm. it will be beautiful. I think it's fair to say that Frida Kahlo's work is eye-catching. It's uh, whether you like it or whether you dislike it, it's very hard to ignore. It's genuinely striking. Before we talk a little bit more about, about her fascinating life and work, just give us a flavor of, of some of the, the highlights of the exhibition. Which, which paintings could people look for? Could you describe one or two of them for us? Yeah. Well, of course, there will be self-portraits of Frida because one third of her paintings uh, consist of, of, of self-portraits. And there will be one which I really uh, admire a lot and which will be the catching of the uh, exhibition. It will be uh, Frida's self-portrait with Jago painted above her nose. Jago on my mind, it's called. And for her... She shows here that Jago is always on her mind, whether she's feeling good or bad, whether she is near him or not in, in the neighborhood of him. Jago is always on her mind. And I think that that's, that's important to know for people that she's so aware of him. And now, these two had a very special history. I think we'll talk a bit more about that in a minute. Are there any other standout paintings? Yeah. 
um, she also wears a Tijuana costume, which is a traditional Mexican costume because her focus is to the pre-colonial Mexican uh, civilization as she wants to point out, out of there. And for her, it's very important uh, to, to show it. So it's, it's two things in that self-portrait, Jago and her pre-colonial uh, Mexico. Mm. There's another painting which is really stunning and it's, it's also Frida in it, but it's more. It's the embrace of the universe, the earth, which is Mexico in her, in her opinion. And she is sitting in, uh, on the, the earth mother and she's holding Jago like he's her little baby. But well, it's a big Jago. <laughs> and when you know uh, a, a bit about Jago and Frida, you know he's a lot bigger than she is. Her mother used to say he's the elephant and she is the, 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 the dove, the La Paloma. <laughs> and she's just holding Jago, the big Jago, like he's her baby. But she gave him a third eye. So she means he has his own wisdom in his. He has the fire to create. She also paints the fire in his hands and that's the 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 embrace of the total eh? the total of 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 the universe the earth herself jago the colors i think are always very striking in in her work they yeah. as you say they're very rich they're very vibrant you, they they really demand your attention as you said now she uses a lot of symbolism draws on folklore to, or has elements of magic realism in it do you think this is what made frida so popular even even in her lifetime she was already gaining quite a lot of fame and, and recognition is do you think is that is that what speaks to people yeah, and I, I, I also think it's because she paints her own reality. Uh, she gives us a glimpse into her own world. It's the Frida world. Eh? We, we may look into the Frida world. And that's very different from, well, the Western point of view. And she combines everything which, which is important in her life. The, tradi the traditional costumes, uh, the folklore, um, but also the vivid colors, um, her, her communist point of view. She combines everything and she creates a, a, a viva la vida life. And that, that, that's where she states for, she's, she always says, you have to live your life like it's your last day. That feeling of living when, when they see her paintings when they see her colors when they know about her story that she had a terrible accident when she was 17 years old um the doctors uh, suppose she will die but she didn't die she lived another 30 years and it's it's that state of mind to live to live as if you're, it's your last day but just i think you're right i mean her paintings pick up some of that vibrant love of life which you must have had yeah. in order to survive something so so traumatic and mm -hmm. there's also a lot of frida in her painting she she doesn't hold yeah. back you really she yeah. puts it all on the canvas and perhaps yeah. this is then a good way for us to talk a little bit about her personal life was well it was quite erratic but we were mm -hmm. talking previously about how the narrative of her life has changed quite substantially in the last three years and tell us more about that because that's also just fascinating yeah well Freya died in 1954 she was only 47 years old and Jager her husband he wanted to hide all her personal belongings documents clothes photos writings he just 
put them all into the bathroom in the Casa Azul, which is now the Frida Kahlo Museum in Mexico. And he gave the key to uh, Dolores Omeda, that was a friend of him, and said, just lock it up and lock it up for 50 years. Nobody is supposed to look into the bathroom. And after 50 years, you are allowed to take this key and to reopen the door and, well, to see what it's, what's, what, what's there. And this opening of the bathroom um, did happen in 2004. So it's just recently that it's discovered. So it takes to uh, 2012 until there was a first explanation to the world in Mexico. But it, uh, it took until 2018 for the first exhibition in, in Europe, in London, in the uh, Victorian Albert Museum. For the first time, we were aware what was in that bathroom. And it, it gave another view on the relation between Frida and Jago. Because in the meanwhile, from 1954 until 2018, there was a creation of who Frida was. Mm. And if you don't know, you fill in. Mm. And one of the creations was made by, well, Jago was the, the great painter. He was important. He, he was big and not only big in stature. Yeah. In, in the 1970s, many also feminist people said, oh, she was the little Frida. He didn't allow her to paint. He was just hanging around with other women because she was not capable of giving him what he wanted. There was a creation of this. After the, the bathroom, we noticed the documents and they, they show what an important role Jago had in her life. And she for him as well. It was equal in importance. For, for Jago, Frida was the most talented woman on earth in her paintings. He was her biggest cheerleader, if I can say so. He financed everything. He just told her every day, please, Frida, paint, paint. Nobody can paint like you, just paint. Paint your life, paint your own world, uh, share it with the world. Mm. And they had a very open relation to each other. They had uh, relations with other uh, people, men and women, but that was not her biggest problem. Her biggest problem was her physical state, of yeah? Course. Yeah. Her, her terrible accident or her handicapped body yeah? hidden behind those fantastic uh, traditional clothes. Mm. There were also a, a facade for her, her body. It was amazing to see what an important role Jago had in her life and she mm. for him, because after her death, he said, oh, She's gone and nobody knows how important she was for me to do, to live my life. So indeed, the, the new version perhaps of this narrative is one of equality rather than perhaps the less equal one that was previously yeah, yeah. imagined or, or created by various yeah. people. People are interested to, to see this exhibition. Um, when does it start and how long does it go on for? Just guess, give us some practical details for those of us who've now been inspired. The end of May, uh, the museum will open the exhibition. Uh, for public, it will be open Friday 28, but we have still to wait if the government will allow museums to reopen. But the exhibition will be till 26th of September. So we have the whole summer. There's plenty of time. 
Yeah, there's plenty of time if the museums are reopened. And the museum also will be open from 10 to 10, from 10 wow. a.m. to 10 p.m. So you, you have time after work on a summer evening to enjoy yeah, some of the, the vibrance of, of Frida Kahlo. There will be another Frida Kahlo exhibition in Netherlands mm -hmm. in uh, October, but it's from another collection. Mm -hmm. This in Amstelveen will be from the Jacques and Natasha Gelman collection and in its Drents Museum in Assen will be from the Dolores Olmedo collection, the woman who had the key to the bathroom in uh, the Casa Azul. She has a collection on her own. She has a museum of uh, Frida, Jago, another Mexican artist in uh, Mexico city so that's a, that's another collection wow so, so yeah well it's it you should see them both absolutely if this is your yeah. thing then you're in for a real treat aren't you yeah and it's the first time we, we've got all those frida uh, paintings here in the netherlands and besides paintings there will be clothes as well the real frida uh, costumes will be in drenthe but in amstelveen they have clothes as well and there will be traditional, real traditional costumes. So it's, well, I think it, it's amazing to see it. I've, I saw it in London. So they have the chance to see it right now in, uh, in the Netherlands. You should do. <laughs> Absolutely, Karen. I, I'm inspired. I mean, I, liked, I always liked Frida Kahlo's work. But yes, I think the opportunity to see it uh, in real life, I think that is, that is special and, uh, yeah. and, and definitely something I, that's, I do agree. that's totally. in my diary without question. Yeah. Karen, thank you so much for joining us today on Arts Talk Radio. It's been a pleasure. There will be more exhibitions on female <laughs> artists in the Netherlands. So that's... Arts Talk magazine provides the perfect companion to Arts Talk Radio with reviews and previews in English of cultural events in Holland. Whatever your interest in the arts, our international team of writers will always provide something new and exciting to see online. That's Arts Talk Magazine, all one word, dot NL. Arts Talk Magazine, dot NL. I'm sitting here in a very beautiful room in the Pilkri studio, which is, sits right on the edge of the Lange Vorhaut in the center of The Hague. And I'm with uh, Ike Prince. She is a sculptor. She's also one of the people who is uh, exhibiting in the Lange Vorhaut Monumental exhibition, which has just started here on, on the Lange Vorhaut. And she's also a former chairwoman of the Pilkri studio. Thank you so much for joining us today on Arts Talk Radio. And now, Ika, we've been speaking about many things, but perhaps let's touch first on this exhibition, which has just opened, and there is an outside part to it and an inside part. Could you just tell us the thinking behind it? Because it's quite special and fascinating. Till 2016, there was the outside public exhibition of uh, De Hague sculpture. It had been uh, there for, for many years, but uh, it ceased to exist, so... The Vorhout with, was without sculpture for a couple of years. And we are with the Pilgi Studio, which is an art society. Uh, it's 175 years old. And already for 120 years, we are with our beautiful monumental building at the Lange Vorhout in the middle. So we thought it was really quite logical that we would come out of the building with our best sculptors that work in a monumental size to fill this beautiful Lange Vorhout uh, lane with the trees. And so one artist of the society, he took the initiative together with Pilgi Studio 
to organize this year's uh, Voorhout Monumentaal Outside Sculpture Exhibition. Yes, and it is, it is a lovely space, especially as today when the weather is nice. There's a lot of local artists uh, from The Hague and also from, from further afield in the Netherlands mm -hmm. on display. What can people look forward to? Give us a little flavor of the sort of things they might be able to see. It's uh, quite diverse, but you can say that there are quite a lot of more abstract sculptures, also steel sculptures. Steel, of course, is a, ma a material that you can work with quite monumental and you can have it outside. So that's one of the reasons. And also bronze is quite fragile, it can be stolen. So most of the bronze pieces are at the inside court exhibition in Pulgi. That brings us to the, to the next thing that I wanted to touch on, and that is the beautiful space that is also the Pulgri studio. And indeed, as you mentioned, it is a, a national monument. It's very old. It's very beautiful as a building in and of itself. There is an inner courtyard where you can sit and have uh, drinks or food, but this is where the other part of the exhibition sits and these are slightly smaller pieces, mm -hmm. a bit more delicate, but by some of the same artists. Yeah. Tell us a little bit about one or two that stand out for you. I think one of the nice sculptures is of Marijke Gimmesi, and she uh, is a bit animal activist. Uh, on the Lange Verhout you can see one of her, what is it called? Uh, Rhinoceros. Rhinoceros, <laughs> but without the horn, and they are in a cage. Uh, so she often mm, yeah, makes works that have to do with extinction of animals on our planet. And these uh, bronze sculptures, they are in a cage, like they're ready for transport. My, like, the way she, yeah, she tells a little bit about uh, these problems that we have with extinction of animals. Also, the biggest sculpture is of André van Lier. It's steel and it's standing on the start of the exhibition when you come from the Parkstraat. Uh, it's very simple. Uh, it's just one form cut out of a rectangle, a big steel plate, and it's twisted. And if you look at it and you see different shadow different colors in the steel but also the open part because of the twisted uh, form his work is often quite simple but there's a balance in it mm. and mm. that makes it intriguing yeah. yes now i know you you mentioned yourself that your own work well you use light a lot in your own work so that your sculptures actually come alive as as the light moves as the sun moves through the day and indeed your focus is also a lot on sculpture gardens yeah. so and and we were just discussing that and saying how we felt that sculpture in general is perhaps less accessible for many people it's not seen by many people as something that you would necessarily own yourself. Tell us a bit about your sculpture sleepover, which I really, <laughs> I really like that idea, and I, I love that it seems to be bringing sculpture to to ordinary people. Yeah, I think a good example is that this Lange Voorhout exhibition is public. You don't have to pay. You just can pass by. You can make this, make a, a stroll at night or in the afternoon or when there's sunshine. Sculptures are present and a lot of people are used to having paintings and their walls, but they're not used to having a sculpture in their garden. So I always work during the summer and spring and the autumn with sculpture gardens throughout Europe, but in the winter I would store them. So I thought, okay, I, I invite people to have one of my sculptures in their garden during the winter time and they can see how 
a sculpture comes alive with the changing of the light, the changing of the season, uh, morning, afternoon. So I get all these pictures of my sculptures with snow and moonlight and birds on them. People get used to what it can mean to have a sculpture and how it comes alive uh, with daylight. And yeah, sometimes they keep it then, they buy it. <laughs> yes, you were saying, you, people become attached. Yeah, they become attached. And of course, yeah. practically speaking, you know, moving a large sculpture is, is also quite a, an endeavor. But yeah. yes, wonderful, wonderful initiative. Maybe we can just uh, move on and talk a little bit more about the Pulkri studio itself. For people who are perhaps unfamiliar with it, as you say, it is in a very central part of The Hague, but perhaps a bit tucked away. And you mentioned also that it is, it is in fact free to visit. Yeah. Yes, can you tell, tell Tell us what people can look forward to if they if they want to visit. Yeah, it's a f very old artist society, 175 years old, and it was uh, founded because artists felt the need to take exhibitions in their own hands. And also when they had a model and did exercises, it was cheaper to have a model uh, with a group of artists, so they did it together. It's actually also one of the social projects because artists had their families and it, they were very vulnerable with the kind of business they did or when they died. So there was even a fund for widows. So it was like a, a insurance. <laughs> Throughout the big cities in Holland, you have these artist societies, mainly from uh, halfway the 19th century. They, they came into existence. And this one still is here in The Hague. In, and in 1900, the painter Mesdag, he bought this huge house. And in the backyard, he built three enormous uh, exhibition rooms. And they're actually like a museum. So I would like to invite everybody, if you are in the city center of The Hague, go into the building of Pulgi Studio. You are welcomed by one of our volunteers. And we have seven exhibition rooms. Up on the first floor, we have the three enormous daylight rooms, like a museum. And our artists, they exhibit, uh, they rent the rooms and make their own exhibition. Every month it's changing, so we have about 60 different exhibitions every year. And we have about 450 artist members throughout Holland and some from other nationalities. And they exhibit in these uh, galleries. So this is really by artists for artists? Yeah, yeah. it's mm. organized by artists, a lot of volunteers, and they keep the place going, you can say. And you can have a, a drink or a meal or a lunch in the inner court where there's also another part of the exhibition. So part is outside on the Voorhout, Lange Voorhout, and the other part is in the courtyard of Pulgi Studio. You can always go in during the day and have a lunch and now you also can see the sculptures that are exhibited. So feel free to come in. It's really worthwhile also to look at, at all the beautiful details and it has been uh, an old house, but the back of the building is constructed as a gallery. Mm. So um, it's very interesting to go up and see the huge space, which you don't expect if you see the front of the building. No, it's it's definitely well hidden, but it is yes, it's a beautiful building in its own right. Yeah. And uh, yes, I can I can highly recommend it. I've been lucky enough to have a little tour myself this afternoon, and it really is. It's just worth coming in, and the courtyard alone, especially in the summer, is just a beautiful space to be in. Maybe special. We have uh, artists that are a member. 
there are 450, but we also have around 700 art-loving members. So people also can be part of this institute. They can say, okay, I like art and there's concerts, there's lectures, you can meet people. So you also can become an art-loving member and you are part of this Pulgi Studio Society. If you like the place, if you think it could help you to feel at home in The Hague. Art lovers of Holland, I think you know what you need to do. Ikke Prince, thank you so much for joining us on Arts Talk Radio today. Thank you. Arts Talk Radio Online. Interviews and features on the arts in English. That was Zoe Bowes reporting. Well, that's all we have time for for this edition of Arts Talk Radio. We'll be back soon with lots of up-to-date features and interviews on the arts in Holland. You can subscribe by clicking on the button below. So, until the next time, it's goodbye and thanks for listening. I'm Michael Hasted. Goodbye. (laughs) 